Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast, Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. The following content is not suitable for children. Today, let's talk about going into the forbidden dark places of shame and disgust. Ooh, this is going to be really fun. I hope our listeners stick with us. Stick with us. <laughs> Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. We're going to talk about shame and disgust in both the emotional and the sexual cycles. This is an area certainly so many couples miss each other. Mm -hmm. We know the power of shame is really the secrecy, right? It's the hiding. Mm -hmm. You don't want to show these places. You don't want to be rejected. You don't want your fears confirmed. So you hide, right? You, we put this in a closet and lock it away. Mm -hmm. Yet the research is pretty clear that the more we hide parts of ourselves, the more we lose parts of ourselves, right? Our levels of engagement start to go down. The need to protect the shame from being triggered takes more and more and more of our energy. Right? Mm -hmm. We also know the antidote to shame is connection. It's sharing. It's empathy, right? So for therapists, I think, Lori, we can often get frustrated because we know what a difference it could be if couples learn how to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And yet there's so much protection and blocks that stop that sharing. Mm -hmm. And shame is such a big block in the sexual attachment cycle. Right. Right. And many things, shame over things that we have done, shame over things that have been done to us shame over our own ideas and fantasies that we are reluctant to share lest our partner think we're weird or pervert or bad and dirty. I mean, there, yeah. shame takes many forms in the sexual cycle. Well, I think maybe we could jump right into the sexual cycle, but just, just define that guilt is I did something wrong. Okay. Shame is I am wrong, right? It's we mm -hmm. globalize what something bad and we make it about a character assumption of who we are we right so that's what makes to me shame is the definition of hell not only are are we alone and cut off and hiding but we hate ourselves in the hiding right there's content for ourselves nobody does well in shame mm -hmm. and yet this is so often around sex where people wind up going mm -hmm. and then you have disgust which is more of what a physiological response of like you know, you want to throw up. There's there's this sense of right. Your body it just wants to recoil from you know the whatever this trigger is. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk more about that, Lori? Just discuss. That's going to often show itself around shame. Sure. I as you say it, George. I'm not sure that I see them completely the same anymore. You're saying, George, that shame is something, the power of shame is often that it's hidden and it's something that we don't share. And I think disgust is also a place of difficulty in the sexual relationship that can create shame or that we can create shame in the self or we can create shame in the other when we act disgusted. 
Uh, right. I'm thinking about if a partner brings up a new sex act or something that they've fantasized about and their partner has this huge reaction of disgust. I mean, me as the person bringing it up, I'm going to feel probably deep shame first and maybe some then disgust at my having brought it up, my disgust at myself for having these ideas. I mean, lots of things are going to get triggered. And this is a place that couples are not talking about and don't know their way out of. We got to help people find their way out of that place when shame hits them when disgust hits them. Right. I think they're the two hardest things to share. And yet, if you don't share it, what are the results? We know what the results are. You're going you're gonna, to, levels of engagement are going to go down in that relationship. So mm-hmm. we got to figure out how to create more safety to allow people to start having some of these conversations. Mm-hmm. So let's give an example of a sexual shame. So a typical example for me, Lori, would be a couple where one partner wants to have anal sex. Oh, yes. This, right. this comes up all the time in my consulting room. Yes. So again, we get why one partner wants it. They might, it might be part of the fantasy. They're seeing some pornography. They want to unleash some of this positive energy. To them, it's high road stuff, right? This is kind of cool. It's something different. It's taboo. It's, so it's really exciting to them. Right. But for the partner receiving it, who's not into it, it feels dirty, it feels, it's not loving, it doesn't feel emotionally connected, it's, they could not only feel like they don't want it, but they could have a a stronger response and aversion. That's what a disgust response is, it's like, no, this is bad, and I don't, my body recoils, it clenches, it doesn't want to have this response. It's a huge break, right? It's a, it's a, it's a big turnoff for them. I mean, how could disgust and sex don't do well with each other? You're right. And and the disgust could be on emotional levels, physiological levels. I mean, I I hear this so much and, and we want to help people talk about disgust and shame, but anal sex is is a place that seems to come up a lot. Uh, you know, it could be you know, there's just so much taboo about the anus. I mean, when we're children and reach down to touch our poop when our parent is changing our diaper, our parent has this huge explosive reaction. Mm -hmm. And that actually goes into our body and kind of pairs with our desire to touch our poop. You know, I mean, so many people get so reactive when their toddler is like, look at mommy, look at, look at what I did. And and they can't join the enthusiasm about what I produced it's just like they're they're consumed with don't touch that those are germy that's germs you know just and they convey to the child that poop the anus anal touching all that is disgusting and that kind of gets sealed in people's minds and hearts and so then a partner brings that up and says hey I want to do this highlight that real quick Lori just the genetic evolutionary benefit I mean you die of disease Right. We had sure. to learn not to play with our poop. We had, you know, this stuff gets passed down. Right? <laughs> right. You know, you don't want to play with your poop and eat food because we wouldn't last so long. So right. this, this, this disgust is a really adaptive way of the body saying, stay away from threats. You know, you don't mm-hmm. eat those berries. They could kill you. You don't do these things. They're bad for you. Right. And it's it's so powerful a physiological response that there's not really much choice to it. Right. Bad smells tell us that something is bad for us. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
And this is even in reaching the frontal cortex where people have a choice. They smell poop and their brains are already recoiling from it. So this mm-hmm. would be, this is one that typically should show itself in sex. Mm-hmm. Right. There's something natural about a physiological reaction to something that feels to our brain like danger. Right. And yet certain things, sometimes danger and taboo actually heighten arousal and excitement. Exactly. And so, I mean, there is something about that, that could we help people have a discussion where they calm that part inside that feels so disgusted to at least listen and stay attuned to their partner we don't have to do things we don't want to do mm-hmm. in sex. Exactly. We're, we're suggesting that it would be helpful sexually to stay connected to our partner, even if we're talking about things that we have a really intense reaction to. And with the full knowledge that you can say, but I don't want to do that. I, I want to listen to how it excites you and what you think about. And maybe we can find a way to fantasize about it or something that we draw in that excitement that you have about it, but this is my boundary, this is my line, that's okay. Attunement, though, sexually, is we got to hear each other past disgust to hear the other person. Yeah, I want to highlight, we do not want to override disgust. That's how people dissociate. If your body is recoiling and aversive to something, you need to listen to it. And then you could come up with a plan to figure out, are there things we can do to mitigate that response to get, as you were saying, the body to a more relaxed state in that relaxed state that we could push our boundaries and push the envelope a little bit more. So in this example, we're given if your body's recoiling, if you feel nauseous from something like don't override that because you're going to you're going to dissociate and leave your body. And this is where trauma happens, right? Mm hmm. But if you can share that with your partner and your partner, they have good reasons they're turned on by it. Mm-hmm. They're in positive affect. You're just not in a place to join them. The distance is too great. We're going to have to do something to help bring your body to a calmer place. You know, maybe some just acknowledgement of that is enough. And, you know, maybe, you know, they're just going to rub your butt. And that's kind of, we're going to leave you with some success in this encounter where, you know, you smelt that and it, it, it didn't feel great, but it was fine. And your butt got rubbed and you didn't, nothing else happened. And you went on to something else and you're increasing your body's ability to tolerate, you know, this, this, we're stretching the leading edge a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely want to have people feel safe. But we also want them to be stretching enough so that their partner feels like, you know, doesn't have the shame experience over what they have suggested or wanted. And this is really tough. We've talked about in another episode recently, attunement and matching emotions. And we're we're really saying there's this big distance. I want to highlight what you said Mm -hmm. from excitement to disgust. That's a huge distance. Exactly. So we, we got to get good at communication and good at doing this so that we can regulate, you know, our own emotions and help Coco, right? Help find Coco with our partner about this discrepant emotion, emotional space, excitement to disgust and find some meaning together about what this is. And, and that takes a lot of talking and a lot of communication. And to do that over something that we're having an adversive reaction to takes a lot of love. 
I love the challenge. This is about as audacious as it becomes. This is the hardest thing to take excitement and disgust. This is polar opposites. This is far apart as you can get at the same moment in a loving relationship. So if we can help couples have a conversation here that bridges that distance, anything else is you're able to overcome. Mm-hmm. So I like mm-hmm. the challenge. Bring it on, Lori. Let's figure out how we can do this when we come back from break. Uberloop.com with the coupon foreplay, you get 10% off. I am still saying to people all over the country, use this in foreplay. Don't wait until just the moment of intercourse. Like, don't you think people should use a lubricant, you know, when they're starting to touch each other, George? I love that they're just talking to each other about this. Even just to say, hey, you got your Uberloop, right? I mean, they're being so intentional about their intimacy. I think it's so cool. You know, and especially over the holidays, there's travel packs that people can use. It's a silicone-based product that basically provides such a great glide. It doesn't dry up and it doesn't get gummy like some of the lubricants out there. It doesn't impact your pH, your hormones. It's recommended by doctors. I had a patient the other day telling me that she was using one of the others. And I'm like, I hate that other one. Please use this one. It is such a better product because it doesn't really taste. You can move from intercourse to oral sex just seamlessly. And it just provides such a better experience. You can't go wrong with that word glide. I mean, that says everything we need to say. Anybody listening, do you want some glide? Then it's uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay for 10% off. Thanks for supporting us at the podcast by using this. Hey, Lori, it's holiday season. You know what's going to make the perfect gift for that stocking stuffer? I have a feeling. I think we got to dig a little deep and get one of those Manscaped tools out. Naughty or nice, it's the season to perform and, you know, maybe buy that lawnmower body trimmer, best trimmer on the market. It's so exciting to be partnered with Manscaped and their mission to make men better at how they present themselves and groom. And Christmas time is the way to start off the new season, cleaner, smelling better. The dads can't stop talking about this and women will love you for it. So gentlemen, think about Manscaped and all their products. They have cologne infused body wash, a nail kit, stuff to make you smell good downtown. We would just recommend that you go to manscaped.com with the code foreplay. That's manscaped.com with the code foreplay and get 20% off on all these products. I love the idea of opening it up in that stocking and the whole family needing to have a conversation (laughs) around the importance of sexual hygiene. Absolutely. So manscaped.com foreplay code. Thanks y'all for supporting us at the podcast. Okay, so let's use anal sex as the example, because there are other things that people find disgusting. I mean, I know couples who think oral sex is disgusting. It's good to stay with anal sex because it really can, for many people, bring up this disgust reaction. I mean... And we're focusing about attunement, right? If you want anal sex and your partner is turned on by anal sex, then you're in attunement. This is great stuff. You're rocking and rolling. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Right, But this is so often a mismatch experience where one is excited and the other is in disgust, you know, and then it, it leaves both people feeling kind of bad about themselves, bad about the relationship. It becomes a big miss that reinforces mistrust. So it's okay to, to struggle with one. We're going to struggle trying to do a demo around this. Right. right? And right. 
so I think it, it to start off just honoring this is this is big distance. This is two very different experiences happening simultaneously. The good news is I've listened to this podcast called Four Play Radio, right. and I heard something about matching affect. So, like, I know it's important when my partner is excited for me to at least try to connect to that. Like, I want to name that. I want to honor that. And then I'm going to make room for my truth. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just my strategy going in. Okay. So, we want to role play this? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay. So, so, Mary, I mean... I don't want to surprise you. I just, you know, you know me, my brain likes to think and get creative. And, you know, I'm imagining, I know we're going away next weekend and um, I know yeah. we're going to have some fun. And, yeah. you know, I was thinking maybe we could try some new things, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I You know, I, I love looking at your butt and, you know, I'm just thinking we could, we could play around a little bit there and just, you know, a little spank here, a little poke there, you know, let's let's do let's have some fun. Ooh, what just are you saying there though? I'm thinking, you know, you know, it, whatever feels good and maybe a little, little anal anal sex we might be into. Uh uh ooh, you really want to do that? That's that's so disgusting. So gross. Honey, you there could be poop. I mean yeah, I don't. I guess so. Wah, wah. <laughs> Shame spiral. Here it comes. What's wrong with this sexually deviant partner of me? Look at what I want to do. I mean, again, this is this is what happens when we're so far apart from each other. I can feel myself just like one. Why am I so stupid to bring that up? Mm -hmm. I mean, I should have known mm -hmm. that you wouldn't want that. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel kind of a lot of shame about myself mm. and I just like all that excitement's gone and I just want to like either get mad at you for being such a damn prude and, yeah. or I find myself just not wanting to have the conversation and probably not wanting to go on the weekend it, it maybe if there had been a way for this couple to attune to each other better it wouldn't have sent you into shame and I would say my reaction to you as I played the the more reluctant partner right was this like Oh my God. It wasn't just disgust. There was disgust in there too, but there was also this, I'm going to fail him, like instantaneous, like gripped in paralysis. Like, I'm going to fail him. This is way beyond my boundaries and I'm going to fail. And, and so then rather than saying that, of course, it's like a pushback, right? Yeah, that's so disgusting and can't talk about it. And, yeah, so th this couple was definitely not ready for this conversation, yep. didn't know how to attune to each other in two discrepant places. She begins with some joy, you know, when he's talking about, hey, we're going away together. I mean, she does match that, but then when he brings up the new idea, uh, she doesn't know where he's going with that, is afraid of where she's going with, he's going with that. And, yeah. and, and I want you to hear too, just... He actually said two or three different things, and we don't. All she comes back with is disgust. Yeah. So now he's crossing off his list, all of the other things he said. You know, okay, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Looking at her butt, spanking, poking. You know, all of it's bad, yeah. right? He's he feels bad about you know maybe just the whole thing. Yep. So uh, might be helpful to just for attunement in these mismatch experiences. There's there's basically two steps. The first step is the listener, right? This is Mary in this situation. 
wants to keep the focus on the partner who's risking, who's sharing, right? It's what mm-hmm. we call view of others. Mm-hmm. Connect with view of other first. Match mm-hmm. the affect. Protect that partner. Give mm-hmm. them some success with the sharing. Part two is now you make room for view of self, right? That's where your fear and your vulnerability is. Both are going to be really important to this conversation. So let's mm-hmm. connect, match, give success for that positive affect. That's step one. Step two is now you make room for your view of self, your vulnerability. So first, my first goal is even in difficult conversations is I want to protect my partner's vulnerability in bringing up something. Secondly, I want to really be attuned emotionally to my different reactions and share that vulnerably versus blaming my partner for anything or pushing back. It's like I want to sink into what I'm feeling. Okay. So the first time you just you led with step two. You led with the ouch. Ooh, I don't think so, right? You made it about you immediately. Mm-hmm. And the timing of that is just really bad for me taking a risk and positive affect. Mm-hmm. So one, protect me, give me some success, and then make room for yourself. So let's look at step. Let's do Let's do it again. Attuned. Yes. Let's do it again. Attuned. So woo. Mary, I'm getting excited about this weekend. Ooh, you know, me I find too. myself at work just like Thinking about like, what are we gonna do? Where are we gonna go? Is, I'm, and I'm, I'm up for really, it. All right, and I'm really hoping that we don't really get a chance to do some new stuff because the kids in the house. But they're gonna go away. We're gonna have a little bit more time. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe we could play around with a little, you know, a little butt smack and maybe a little <laughs> anal play, like you know, just something different we don't do, just to see what it's like. <sighs> Honey, okay, you know. um, First of all, I gotta say, I I love that you like my butt. Yeah, that, that always feels. Nice you butt. say that, and that always feels nice to me. And I know that's your butt, guys. So love that. Thank you. Um, you know, I I'm I'm feeling like emotion right here. So I just I want us to go slow as we talk about this. Okay. Okay. I I really appreciate that. Many many times when we're going away on a weekend. First of all. I appreciate that you made space in your work schedule to do that. That is something that so helps me sexually. And you know, it helps me become more experimental in general. So Mm -hmm. yes, um, good timing for us to try something experimental. And I appreciate that you're often the driver in this, like you, without you, our boundaries would (laughs) probably be very vanilla. And, and so I, I love your mind. I love your sexual mind. And I'm, I'm glad that you tell me these things. I, I want to know more. First of all, I want to know more what that would look like from you. And I'm kind of just curious, you know, before I have a reaction, I, I need to kind of know what this would be like. And so first, if you could help me telling me more, that would be great. And I, I think inside, um, the first thing that I feel is, you know, mama, right? She was just a clean freak. And uh, my mama always told me that that area was just like off limits. And, and the first thing I feel as you're talking is I can like hear my mother's voice and see her face being very disgusted with me to even consider this with my husband. And I, I, I can feel it in my stomach, honey, just like, you know, my mom in me is just, reacting and you know and i i I guess i worry like if we can't get through this conversation before this coming weekend 
that I'm really going to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to disappoint you because I want to be with you. I don't, I don't want to go into this weekend in a bad way. I am yeah. truly looking forward to it. And But uh, this conversation about anal sex, I, I want us to take it slow. I want to understand you. And I, you know, I don't want to blow this weekend. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I, I don't want to surprise you. And, and it's something fun I'm thinking about. But I listen, if I'm thinking about my mama's voice, it would turn me off, too. So I don't blame you for, you know, damn, if you hear your mama's head saying this is off limits. Why? That's like a turnoff for you. And mm-hmm. I, like, I didn't know that because to me, I don't have that voice in my head. And I just think it's something new and fun. But I hear you. And and. Yeah. You know, I and, want you to feel safe. I want you to, you know, I never want you to do anything that would feel bad or, or dirty for you. I mean, I, I guess I'd want to figure out if we can get get mama's voice out of your head, like what I can do to help with that. Yeah, and I, I love your freedom. You know, you you don't come from a background like I do that was uptight. I mean, Southern girl here, you know, I, I got all kinds of shame messages going on from my mama to the church to, you know, all kinds of stuff is just like bells and whistles are going off in me when you even say the word anal, you know, ah! you know, I, I just, I, I feel this like tension inside me, but I, I am glad that we're talking about it. I really appreciate that you're giving me some space and time to think about it. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, that there's a part of you that it sounds like you feel like it's really fun. I, I need you to tell me about that part before I just cross it off the list completely because I, yeah. I want to hear what is exciting about it to you. Okay. And yeah, maybe we just we do a little spanking. It's <laughs> something different, <laughs> right? We don't have to have anal sex. It's just to see what that's like. And we take it from there. We could just kind of talk about it and see what, what worked or what didn't work about that. Okay. That that piece I could do. Right. Uh, but I, I do want to take some space to to really be with you in this. I don't want ever for us to just gut instinct, cross things off our list. If, if you find it exciting, I mean, I may not be able to go there with you, but I want to know you and I want to know what your mind thinks is exciting. And I want us to find a way to keep that excitement together. Yeah. I think I like, I think it's a, a turn on for me when you kind of touch my butt. Oh, and I didn't know I, that. You know, I'm so I, glad I, to hear that. We're going to go down a whole different road now here. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to go to a different emotion. We're going to leave shame and disgust and start <laughs> headed towards joy and ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, that that is good. That is good. But I think what what we're showing people is the openness, the consideration, the desire to stay connected regardless. Yeah. Right. It's like, what do we do when we feel that disgust? We can tell our partner vulnerably, I'm feeling something, but you are important. And I want to be with you no matter what comes up in me. It's a we, right? The we is more important than me or you. Us being connected is the place that is so important to our success. And then what does it do when I stay open, when I stay connected, my partner starts to open up more. Yep. I mean, that's a beautiful thing of what he just said. It's like he's drawing me into like how this is exciting. And and so many of us, like, if it's exciting in our body, we just we just think it's gonna be exciting in their body. And that's so natural. 
if if we just frame this neurologically, right? I am asking for something from a green zone, from the green brain that's open and playful and curious, and immediately I hit your yellow brain that could turn red because there's disgust, mm-hmm. right? So when you misattuned the first time and you led with your yellow brain, and you were like, oh, that's dirty. Like, mm-hmm. you shot my brain yellow. We were done. Yeah. I mean, you were, we were shut down. Done. Right. I mean, you were quiet. <laughs> but I appreciate your intentionality that's saying, look how different the outcome could be when a couple is committed towards protecting each other. Mm-hmm. Right? So when I did it the second time and I came from this green brain, like, you still got triggered, but you were able to start off by saying, I see you. I get where you're coming from. I want to know more. You're not doing anything bad. I want you to feel safe. And right? I wanted you to feel honored for the, yeah. the part of you that expands the horizons between us. Right. And then you went into your yellow brain, your fears for really good reasons, right? And I was able to kind of meet you there exactly. and pull your brain green. But then the coolest thing happens when your brain is green. Like you, you're curious and then you want to know more. And before you know it, I'm exploring more with you. Yes. Right? And now we're in a green brain exploring anal sex and what I like about it. Like yeah. that, that option was not on the table in that first move when we led right with the, with the, you know, feeling it was dirty. And right. The voice. reactivity. And when you said, you know, if I were hearing my mama's voice in my head too, yeah, I'd probably be reacting too. I don't have that in my background. It was like you you honored the difference between us. Yeah, you come from a healthier place. I came from a more inhibited place. And you saw that and seeing that and telling me that that made sense to you, the validation in that, yep. like made me relax. It was like, okay, he's he's not telling me, well, you know your mother is all crazy yep. anyway. You know, it was like, you just saw it how it was for me, honored that, and that made me relax and want to come towards you more. So, Well, listen. If our listeners can prepare for the worst, most difficult conversation, a green brain with a yellow and a red brain, and you have a plan, even in those conversations, you could end up feeling closer afterwards, right? It's all about having a plan. It's all about being able to protect each other. And when couples are that intentional, they can shape the outcome of these conversations. Right. So when you feel shame or disgust, first thing to remember is protect your partner. Second thing is to get vulnerable with what is really going on inside versus blaming your partner for making you feel something or pushing you just to examine that, to be curious and open about that. So what do we want our partners to do? Maybe what do we want our couples to do? We want them to practice those two moves. Let me start off focusing on my partner who's sharing, give them some success, protect them. And then step two, make some room, shift to view of self, let your partner into some of your reservations, your hesitations, your concerns. Mm-hmm. That right? come you from your... Off, the other way, if you start off with the fears and concerns, you shoot down the process. It doesn't even get a chance to get going. So we want to be intentional about those two moves. Focus, protect your partner, give them some success for initiating, they're sharing, they're risking. Mm-hmm. Then part two, make some room for you. We don't want you to hide yourself you need to be in this process too. Right. And we're asking you to just kind of play act one, not yeah. necessarily do your most critical place of disgust and shame, but in a practice, in a role play, it's helpful if you choose like a lesser issue that, you know, I want my partner to clean the toilets or, right. you know, whatever, something that might elicit some sense of disgust and shame. Don't go to the worst place. 
first time, practice those things. Thank you for listening and being with us in these difficult conversations. Keep it hot and attuned. Lori, really excited about the Success and Vulnerability Project. We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. If you want to up your game, you want to see real clinical examples, you want to break down the process, you want demonstrations, you want teaching. I mean, it's all there. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. I listen to the new modules repeatedly. It's great information. I'm learning, you know, still in the process and it is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny and they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.